0: One is the CRM and marketing software. There's probably about 10,000 of them right now, right? And a lot of them are there, but some of them are only specific real estate. Right? And for example, they don't even see uh, a buyer is a two people or three people in conversation. They think one contact is a buyer, right? In real estate, you probably know this and everybody knows this, usually a husband, wife, father, son, or, or an LLC or trust is what the buyer is, right? So things like that, it's very simple things that the CRMs don't think about from a real estate point.
1: Welcome to the Freedom Chasers podcast, where we bring you interviews and discussions that share the stories, successes, goals, and dreams of real estate agents and real estate investors pursuing a life of purpose and freedom. All right, guys, today we have Vijay Swamy on the show, and he's a man who is an agent, team leader, investor, and real estate software developer. So VJ, thank you so much for coming on the show. We're going to be able to dive into one, your journey about getting up to a place of success, how that then leveraged you to a team leader, what's led you to investing in development. So just take, a, take our uh, users, our audience on a journey. Like how'd you get into real estate?
0: It was uh, purely by accident, Matt. Uh, I, I was, uh, I'm from, originally from India, so I moved here as a student in graduate school. And uh, when I started looking for my first home, I didn't have anybody who I, I know in the business. So I started looking and then I learned a lot of things I didn't know about, learned about mortgage and escrow and realtors and all these title company, all that. And it was a little daunting and I kind of learned a little bit with the help of a few friends. And then uh, because of that little bit of an experience, I was trying to help other friends. And then I decided to get a real estate license so I can buy my next house as an informed buyer. And that's how it started. And before, before I knew, my friends told everybody else and I, I, I became a real estate agent. That's kind of how the, my journey started.
1: What year was this in? This was in 2008.
0: Okay. All right. So not not,
1: wouldn't be considered the best time to get into real estate?
0: It was the horrible time to get into real estate. Uh, But I put in my time. I used that time to, because I I had a job and everything. So it was not my first uh, full-time thing. So it was just, uh, I didn't have much expectation in this thing. But it gave me an opportunity to look at, there was tons and tons of homes. So I used to look at 20, 30, 40 homes without even having a single client. So I gained my knowledge I put in my hours. I know about the products market and all that. And that helped me to kind of start in the grind. And then, uh, that helped me to kind of get better and better over the years.
1: So you, you do 50 to a hundred transactions now with the small team, but what was it like in the early going? I mean, your first three years, what would the transactions look like?
0: Uh, first three years, I think all my friends turned away. They wouldn't talk to me and my, mm. my people. The same ones that, that encourage
1: you to get in the business, right?
0: yeah those those friends did help me uh, okay. but the other people who i thought they could be oh they could buy a house with me etc cetera, etc cetera, it's not turning away it's like oh you're a new agent blah, blah, blah. Yeah. They're, they're sympathetic to your experience but uh, that's it they, they go by with somebody else but the, the early years was very very low and i think i did like probably two deals in the first year maybe four in the second year and then maybe like you know five to ten in the next couple of years and then I also, like, like like I said, I'm coming from a student background, so I didn't have a lot of network. I had decent network. I didn't have a lot of network. Then I had people I know, and, and my, my, the, I, I kind of networked a lot more. And after that, it was kind of slowly kind of taking shape and kind of growing. And then after like probably like seven or eight years, then it kind of exponentially grew every year. And then uh, my time was kind of the limiting factor more than anything else.
1: What were you doing to to increase those transactions? Were you marketing? Were you running, you know, um, doing stuff with your sphere? How were you growing
0: that? I did not market at all. Uh, till about three years ago, nobody could even find me in the internet. Uh, so it's just my clients and their referrals, 100%. And literally, like I said, I was a secret agent in a way. Uh, nobody could even find it. Uh, so what worked for me is just the taking care of the clients, take care of their needs, do the right thing for them, they will bring business to you. That's what worked for me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And obviously, because you had a job, the time horizon wasn't, you didn't have to go do a ton of transactions in year one. You could steadily grow the business. When you started to, to grow, like you talked about three years ago, you started to advertise. What did that look like?
0: Uh, it was not more advertising. It was more like, okay, I just had a website. I put my name out there, but it's not like a lot of crazy marketing. Uh, that then I know started getting some reviews and et cetera, et cetera, or people like, like able to find it, find me. Uh, that's all it is. Uh, so I still don't do a lot of marketing. I do a little bit, uh, not a lot. Uh, but I believe like, you know, just the marketing supplements, your brand name a little bit. And pe- people want to, if one of your clients went and referred uh, your name, they'll be able to kind of do some research. Oh, okay. There are other people also saying good things about them. It's not my friend or my neighbor doing this. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of supplementing than than anything else for myself.
1: Okay. Fantastic. And so t- talk to us about the experience. So, I mean, obviously you're doing some transactions, you're doing more, you're doing more, you're building a team, but, but then you start doing some other things like investing in software. Like how, how did those things come about?
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so when the business started growing, like I said, I had a busy job, I had a family, like I had two kids and everything. So it was in the busy phase of my life. Uh, so because of that, I started getting uh, like you know, really busy and then like, you know, I was running out of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, to do a good job so i started getting help I, I hired an assistant agent who can help me kind of supplement me with showings and some paperwork i hired an assistant who can do some paperwork uh, kind of a tc transaction coordinator type assistance and then uh during that time then you know you're able to kind of grow the business a little bit more it's just about the matter of time right and putting systems and processes in place and if you say hey uh, xyz just go these shows show these homes and, and give me a report and i follow up with the client And if I have a transaction coordinator, here's a sale agreement, do this, this, and this. And it's all written down, nailed down, and and, uh, it's consistent experience. And once we started doing that, then I was able to scale more. Then I was able to kind of retain some of the money I was making on top of paying these people and the systems and license and all that thing. And once we started doing it, I started investing and I started buying some rental properties. Then uh, I was doing a lot of mental math and calculations for my other buyers and investors. So I was doing even in the mortgage side, I was also helping them quite a bit to shop around and everything. And once you do all that, you look at the bottom line, I was like, wow, this is a good business case. And he explained to five people. And uh, I think my first investment was like that. I, I was telling five of my buyers, you should buy this because it it will do this. And, and nobody wanted to jump in because of various reasons. And I was like, well, this is crazy. Why is nobody doing this? Like, Let me do that. And once I started doing it, all five people also came in, bought the house as well. <laughs> uh, and, and then you kind of keep doing it. Like once you save some money or you take some equity out of the previous property and you kind of keep, keep investing.
1: Well, it's like a herd mentality, right? I mean, like a lot of investors, that's why we're so controlled by fear and greed. It's like as soon as somebody does it and they see its success, okay, then the greed kicks on and then now everybody's in.
0: Absolutely. I, I did, I think, two years ago or last year. Uh, I had a classic example. I had probably like 20 or so investors in my, in my buyers list. And i could not find any properties and i researched went out of my real uh, sphere of influence area and i found a property and for a community and then i like sent it to six other people i spent like half a day with each of them nobody is willing to jump in and i told them after three days hey just fyi i don't want to just go over your shoulder i'm going to buy a few properties there i bought two and then i, I think i saw like eight in the same week wow how yeah. fun <laughs> so yeah yeah
1: so When you talk about doing 50 to 100 transactions a year, how many of those are normal resell and how many of those are investment transactions?
0: Uh, Investment transactions are probably still very low, like probably 10%, maybe 20%. uh, But everything else is like a first-time home buyer or a repeat buyer or upsizing or downsizing mostly.
1: Just mainly because of where the status of the market is, right? It's probably hard in Portland to find investment properties.
0: Uh, Yeah, that's absolutely true. And then also, yeah. it also depends on where your uh, customer base is, because, yeah. like I said, I've been in the business for about 14, 15 years now. So I have customer base who bought their first home, second home, and they're in the phase of life where they can invest. So that's ca- kind of kicking in. And then I also have uh, buyers from like California and Seattle kind of, they cannot buy there. It doesn't cash flow. Then looking at the other markets. And Portland is a good market for that. Amazing. And, and now it's the high interest rate and people are looking at slowing down in investment. But there are some investors who are like, well, 10 years from now, it's going to be more than this. So let's buy it. And the interest rate is only going to go down. I can refinance it. And the rent is going to only go up. So I, I'm going to break even pretty soon, even if I, I'm negative cash flow right now. So some people have the long view. Some people don't.
1: <laughs> that is the truth right there. Uh, and the long view is it's such a different perspective. It's a different series of actions than if you're playing the short game. So, speaking of playing the long game, systems became very important to you. I mean, and they they can become very important to a lot of people who want to grow a real business. So, as you get up there in transactions, <laughs> when did you start trying to install systems in your business?
0: Uh, I think I think the first few years, I kind of used my memory and probably emails. I don't know if you can see my whiteboard there. Mm-hmm. That was kind of uh, that was the my version three of the whiteboard. I had a small one, I had a larger one. I bought a ginormous one to fill my wall, and then I put let's like, start tracking them. And of course, like I was also traveling with kids and out of out of home and all that. Of course, the whiteboard doesn't travel with you. And when you have other people working for you, then you have a need to share. And then I was uh, I was guilty in the beginning days. I had a system, but I was not following consistently, right? So then um, my the experience my clients have was not consistent in every transaction. Mm. And then I was also you know if I'm busy I do something different. If I'm not busy I do a lot more detailed, right? And then sometimes I get caught. Uh, in the details, and sometimes I'm like super high level. Oh, they should know this. I'm not going to call them, right? So I, I realized it in probably year four, I think, when I started kind of crossing like five, six transactions a year, that I want a consistent experience for users. And like I'm am an engineer by trade, so I think I, I think analytical, and that's that's a problem Love engineers it. have, right? Yep. And then and then once you do that, and once you combine with the customer experience point of view, are they getting all the transparency? Or do they know what we are going? Do they know what the next step is? Do they know what the next 20 steps before they get a key? All that, so like I said, I came from a customer perspective. Uh, I was never planning to be a real estate agent. So I know what the mentality is. So I want to kind of transport that into an experience. So I look from their shoes and now uh, that's when I started developing a system and process where, hey, these are the 25 things I'm going to do for you. This is when it'll be done. This is status and you get the transparency. So I started doing with like Excel spreadsheets and emails and all that. And then uh, maybe three, four years ago, I started looking for some software to kind of help me. And I talked to about 20 or so companies. They all had uh, different tools for big companies or brokerages. There's nothing else uh, I could find for an agent like me, planning my day, using my process uh, systems. So I, I, I had some experience in investing in startup companies and et cetera. So I, I developed my own. I formed a team and developed my own. And uh, it's called Traxi. It's dot uh, icom and uh, and now uh, we've been using for about a year and a half, and I have about more than thousand agents using it, and uh, coordinators using it. And,
1: what What uh, was your yeah. marketing efforts to get to get all the uh, not out.
0: much right now? It's just like uh, word of mouth and people I know so far, and we just started marketing uh, about maybe a month ago, two months ago now. Congratulations, and, uh, 1, a 1, thousand agents! Yeah, yeah absolutely. At the more and, and uh, we have uh Portland Business Journal had a coverage on us and Inman Inman News uh, Inman.com had a cover two stories on us. So that kinda of, kinda of putting outside of Oregon now. Wow. So so that's kinda of taking all the lessons learned in my in my fourteen years of experience and putting it the software. So even a brand new agent can sign up and pay like you know, forty bucks a month and get all the templates, email templates, things I follow up, all my business knowledge that's included.
1: You are not alone. When I got started, I was continually paying for courses and getting only partial results until I discovered the path that made sense for me. The results prove this out. Most online course creators have let us in on their dirty secrets that 90 to 95% of their students never complete their course and achieve their desired outcome. This is not something that we're okay with. The benefit of working with Tim and I is that we are interviewing between five and 20 people every single week. We have accumulated hundreds of seven figure strategies and got an inside scoop from these successful entrepreneurs. We're able to work with you to pick the strategy that will best fit and then help you create the custom plan to take you quickly into financial freedom. As a former math teacher, I always taught my students that the fastest way between two points is a straight line. If you want to get rid of the many curves in the road that can make the journey longer and more costly, then go to coaching.freedomchaserspodcast.com and book a call with us, and let's get you on a straight line path to freedom. What what problem does your software solve that a lot of the other ones don't, doesn't solve, or doesn't solve as well.
0: So so what I see, Matt, like when I, mean, so I started analyzing the software market, uh, hmm. I, I saw three different segments of real estate software. One is the CRM and marketing yeah. software, and there's probably about 10,000 of them right now, right? And a lot of them are there, but some of them are only specific to real estate. Right? Yeah. And for example, they don't even see uh, a buyer is a two people or three people uh, conversation. They think one contact is a buyer, right? In real estate, you probably know this, and everybody knows this. Usually, a husband, wife, father, son, or, or an LLC or trust is what the buyer is, right? So things like that—it's very simple things that the CRMs don't think about from a real estate point of view, right? And then the other extreme is like oh, called the compliance software, where the broker says, "Hey, broker, you need to use this file. The system you put in your files, my principal broker will audit it, approve it." and that's what you need. So that's dictated by the agent, uh, brokerage. So if you look at these two areas, it's nothing for an agent, right? So you have a CRM where you put in and you put like, a lot of CRMs are amazing, but they have like 10,000 features. And it's like an audio dialer, speed dialer, and a social media marketing platform, all that. For an agent like me, I don't do any marketing. My clients are my past clients, my neighbors and friends are people I, I meet in a community, right? So I don't do that much marketing. So I don't need a social media, drip campaign, uh, video dialer, and all that, right? So what we have tried to do in Traxy is provide a tool platform. It's for an agent, right? How do I plan my day? Who are my clients? Who do I need to follow up? Did I talk to Matt last week? Okay, remind me to to call him this week, right? He's a hard buyer, so call him every three days or something like that, right? That's kind of one piece. We we are kind of not trying to call a CRM. We are calling it a client journey because CRM is kind of an overly misused word, in my opinion. So it's kind of a very, 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 very simplified CRM, right? It just has contacts and buyers and sellers and reminds you when you should contact them, what you should do with them. That's one thing. And the biggest piece we started is a transaction management where a, a sale agreement happens and there's like these 25 things you need to track and manage, send the disclosure, put a lockbox, of the pictures, all these things, right? And like I said, uh, most agents wing it and it's not a system. It's not consistent for a, a buyer-seller. So our system gives the 100% transparency to not only buyers and sellers, but it's also for lenders, title companies, even cooperating brokers. And the best of all, it's a place where I can track my tasks, right? I can put my notes and say, hey, I called Matt. He needs me to call tomorrow and send this to to him, et cetera, et cetera. So those are the two things we do. And that's kind of what we are focusing on.
1: Yeah. And I love it. I mean, like. You're absolutely right. You have like different styles of agents. You have the agents that are trying to do, you know, lots of dialing, lots of marketing, et cetera, and then agents that are not. So essentially your software focuses on the transaction management piece from an agent's perspective. So you have a thousand users, which shows pretty good adoption um, at this point. And so does this software integrate into the compliance systems or these agents are having to enter it in there and then also into the compliance
0: systems? Uh, we, do, we are starting to do some integrations. Uh, we we uh, started an integration with SkySlope, and that's mm-hmm. one of the popular software, and we are thinking about .loop and all that. Yeah. Uh, but I think I think the, putting the files in a compliance system is not a big deal. We just yeah. drag and drop files, right? That's not yeah. the biggest piece. So the piece we are trying to focus, I mean, so like I said, your short answer is, yes, we are doing some integrations. Mm-hmm. But what I've seen is a lot of companies trying to integrate with too many companies. Like I said, there's about 10,000 CRMs and probably 50 compliance management systems. We do integrations, we'll be busy all day long doing integrations, yeah. right? So I rather I would say, what are you using now? If you're using your email or Excel spreadsheets or whiteboard, you don't have any integration right now, right? So don't focus yeah. on integrations, focus on your process. What is going to make you money is the follow-ups and, and the ability to kind of satisfy your client needs, right? Mm-hmm. And our software just focus on that. So we're not looking at the technical aspect of what else is possible, but we are focusing on what is the customer need? What is the, what's the real estate agent need? To run their run their business and, and schedule their day. Right?
1: Are you kind of projecting what they need or w- what sort of feedback loop or, or research cycles have you gone through to understand the avatar that's on your software?
0: Uh, it's a little bit, like I said, we kind of started slow. Uh, I built the yeah. software for my business, right? Yeah. Uh, I said, okay, what are the things I need? I'm going to build it here. That's what we yeah. did. And then we talked to like maybe 10 other agents and probably 50 other agents, 10 transaction companies. So we even have a mortgage broker using my software. And we didn't even plan to build it that way, right? But we, we thought about it like you know, the, the fundamentals are there. We, it can be used for many other things, but we are going to start with real estate. And uh, so the validation we got is from agents, transaction coordinators, and people who didn't plan for like mortgage brokers and title companies. And uh, and uh, we have one big company. They have about 900 agents, and they bought the software for every agent of the company. Wow. Right. Uh, and the owner side and like, you know, this is brilliant. This is what everybody needs. Nothing else that they need. I mean, they may need a few other bits and pieces, but this is kind of what an agent needs. It's not a, what a brokerage needs, but it's what an agent needs to grow his or her, her business.
1: The thing I like about software development, cause I've done a little bit of it and I've hired some teams and it really for- forces you to think through the processes. What have you learned as a result of, of building the software?
0: Ah, uh, quite a bit. Right. Uh, so what you think is not what you want is what I've learned. Right. And uh, the, the 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 good thing about this product is, uh, like I said, from day one, I built it for my use. Right. So I've gone through this 14 years of learning of what to do and what not to do. Like, for example, one of the pivot point was like I had a listing and we had staging furniture. We haven't staged any homes for the last you know, five years because everything is flying off the shelf and we forgot to remove the staging furniture. The there's transaction close, I go there at 4.30 p.m. to put the key and the staging furniture is still there. right? So I cannot blame anybody but myself not for not remembering this. right? So those are like little bits and pieces. So like we have a bunch of email templates, like if you're my buyer, I send you a summary. right? And we are sending a lot of different summaries and phone calls and everything. So we integrated all of my learnings in the 14 years doing hundreds and hundreds of transactions into my email templates and transaction templates and the tool development. So I think, you know, if somebody comes up from outside the industry to build a software, I think they're going to take probably five times more time and probably 10 times more money to build it than what we have done. That's Mm -hmm. why we are super proud about what we have done. So the learnings are all bits and pieces over the years. I trying to condense everything into the software.
1: So let's talk a little bit. Now this can get really personal, so you don't have to answer this. Because yeah. I've done some software development in the real estate space and I've been around a lot of guys who have. And so I've had guys tell me, man, I, I put seven figures in my software and we never got it off the ground. So you hear lots of stories like that. You hear some that are very successful. I mean, in fact, Skyslope, you mentioned Skyslope, that was developed by a guy that doesn't live terribly far from me. Um, yep. How much have you had to put into the software? Five figures, six figures, seven figures?
0: Uh, I, it's a little personal and like I have yeah. other investors and, uh, yeah, co-founders. I don't want to just uh, do that right now, but yeah. it's, it's not, it's not cheap. I can tell 100%. you that 100, it's not cheap. It's not cheap. Uh, yeah. but yeah, maybe, maybe another time I'll, I'll do some due diligence and come back to it, but it's not yeah. cheap at all. And, uh, and, and to do it right. I think there's a lot of different ways you can do software. You can yeah. do it like, Hey, I'm going to, me and my buddy, I'm going to uh, sit in a garage and drink beer and do, develop it. Uh, from the other side, I'm going to be super professional. So we went kind of inter- intermediate. Yeah. Uh, we said, okay, what are the things you need? So it's a, it's a delivery C-Corp. We formed a company and everything. We run an AWS and we are built to scale. Oh, cool. Right? Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, we don't want to build it. It's not, it's not a homemade project. And yeah. and uh, we can, like I said, we can scale. We can have 100,000 users tomorrow if I need to, right? Uh, so it's all built to scale with security, top-of-the-line security, everything. So we went intermediate. And uh, I think, I think, uh, like I said, I've been an advisor to, to a few startup companies, and then I've seen how not to do sometimes and how to do sometimes. So I kind of picked all those lessons learned. And uh, I, I would say we are very capital uh, efficient yeah. and resource efficient. Uh, so we, we I, I'm thinking we probably built it cheaper than most other people have done. Uh, but we also, like I said, condense all this because of my experiences in this industry. Love it,
1: man. Cool. So people that want to connect and find it, how do they get it again?
0: So it's at uh, www.trackci.com. It's track, T-R-A-C-K-X-I.com. Right? Awesome. If you just go there, there's an introduction video. There's some reviews. They can sign up. It's a pretty easy sign up process. It's 30-day free, no hassle. If you don't like it, just send an email. It's canceled. And uh, there's a, a starter package uh, for 25 transactions. It can okay. go up and down. You can go up to thousands, some transaction companies I have, they do like hundred transactions a month. So mm-hmm. they have the bigger product, uh, but it's like in a 40 bucks, $39 to $200. That's kind of the variation. And uh, we have multiple users in one, each license. So for example, for 40 bucks, you can have five, up to five users. You can have assistant transaction coordinator and a couple other agents all in one license. So it's pretty inexpensive in my opinion. Oh, and yeah. we go by like a non, uh, no contract, no commitment. They sign up 30 days free and they yeah. try it and schedule a call. We can help them with onboarding. And if, if it's not if it's not for them, they just, you know, find something else, you know, be part as friends. So we made, we made it super, super easy. So you
1: you even have an onboarding call for $40 a month? We do.
0: Yeah. Wow. We, we want to help people. Yeah.
1: Wow. 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 That's really, really cool. What is your vision for the next 12 to 18 months?
0: Uh, I want to kind of keep growing my real estate business, which uh, is kind of growing. Like I have a small team and it's uh, like I said, we have systems and processes. It's a little bit not at a cruise control, but we know what to do when a buyer yeah. comes in. We know what to do when a seller comes in, when a listing comes in. It's pretty automated, systematized, but the customers don't know that. They talk to me. So that's kind of my, a good person of my day. But now I want to develop traxy and have the systems and process also shared with all other agents. I think we can elevate the stature of real estate agents by having these kind of systems and process accessible to everyone. Right? Because yeah. we have... Software you can buy for thousand dollars a month, right? Not very many agents can afford it. Try it, use it. So my vision is to kind of bring, like, democratize this thing so everybody can use it, right? And then put more uh, all of my knowledge, experience, share with it. And of course, you know, there's a there's a business component to it, but there's also a non-business component. I think as an industry, we can elevate everybody's experience.
1: Yeah. Well, Vijay, thanks for coming on, and sharing about your life and your business uh for those of you listening there's some some nuggets that were dropped i mean he just showed you one of the ways you can get in clients buying investment properties you just might have to go first that was a really good example of turning two transactions of your own into 10 transactions total um just some other gems that that we were talking about obviously along the lines of maybe in a difficult market you you continue to carry on a w2 job while you scale instead of putting all that pressure on you up front a lot of different things you could take from this episode, write down something you learned, share it with somebody knows so they can hold you accountable. This freedom is acquired one action at a time. And if you take steps day by day before you know it, you too will be living a life of freedom. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next episode. Please like, comment, share, and subscribe. Engagement is like gold to us. We can't do what we're doing without it. Reviews and subscriptions, particularly on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube are worth more than money. So please do what you can to support the show.